Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It is your Capes Crusader, Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with our brand new friend, Sean Forney of Scarlet Huntress Reckoning. We're here to break down issue number five and everything that kind of led up to that, as well as Sean's history creating comics. Sean, welcome to the stream. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Big shout out to uh, Ohio Hype, too. I'm always a big fan when I meet creators from Ohio because, you know, uh, it, it's, I, I love uh, giving that little extra, you know, boost, that little extra um, support when I can to my fellow uh, Ohio creators. That's awesome, man. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's a small world. I, I didn't pick up on any Ohio stuff when we talked on Twitter, but uh, completely, <laughs> completely missed me. But uh, that's awesome to find out and relatively close to where I grew up. I mean, what hour maybe? At yeah, most? it's uh, separated probably probably by a, a couple cornfields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe a Walmart Dollar General here and there. <laughs> but, right, uh, right. Let's uh, let's get back to what we're here for, and that is the Scarlet Huntress. This is an awesome comic created by not only you but also your wife as a creator artist duo. That is such a really you know such an awesome combination. How did you guys end up getting into comics together? So it's uh, just odd. Uh, mix of events i guess um I, I started working on uh, a couple of freelance comic things uh in college and right out of college uh so around 2003 2004 i started uh working with uh this company it was based out of cincinnati I, I don't believe they exist anymore but they were publishing an, an anthology but just prior to, to running with the anthology they had done like a series of trading cards for their property they were trying to put together and they hired me on to do a, a small handful of these uh trading cards and uh the owner and editor publisher everything all in one uh pitched it to me and he was like hey do you want to do a short story for this anthology that we're doing it can be anything you want whatever we just need five pages or something like that it's like okay so at the time um uh, I guess give everybody like a little history. I yeah, grew up yeah. in Genoa area, so I was I was living uh, back home with my folks again. This was like right after college, um, and uh, she lived in Columbus area, close to where we currently are. And I called her up and I I said something along the lines of, "Hey, I got this opportunity to do something for this anthology, but I need a story. Like I got to come up with something." And we spitballed some ideas over the phone, and um. I think it was just a mix of everything we were into we just kind of got all mashed into one thing and we just decided to do this idea of you know a modern day descendant of Little Red Riding Hood and we mm -hmm. set it in Columbus and we just kind of ran with it and uh that that was like we did this first little five-page story the uh, publisher asked us to do another one um and that one was written by uh Chad Lambert um another Ohio creator uh, he was doing a couple of indie things at the time, and we did a crossover between Scarlet and the company's character called Trixie Girl. And uh, just after getting those two done, uh, they asked if we if they could publish a, a one shot of the of the character and do a Scarlet Huntress one shot. We came up with the story, developed the character a little bit more, decided where the storyline was going to go, and all this put together. This I think it started out as a sixteen page one shot and through all sorts of different mix-ups and whatnot it, they didn't end up um publishing or printing or doing anything uh so about a year later we this was before crowdfunding existed uh mm -hmm. 2006 
we got married, moved back to uh, Columbus, Ohio area. And uh, for that fall convention season, we decided we were going to print a book ourselves. And that's uh, kind of kicked off us doing everything, you know, the self-publishing route from there. That is, yeah, that is so cool. I love how uh, how you guys ended up getting married along the way, uh, like in the midst of creating this. This is, you know, it's such an awesome uh, concept as well. Uh, you know, did you run into any troubles working with the the Red White Riding Hood like IP, like working around that, or is that something where it's like open to the public? That's open to the public. I mean, the the idea of Little Red Riding Hood has been around since I don't know. I want to say, you know, uh, the Dark Ages, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so any, anything like that is is you know, uh, um, public domain, open source, whatever. Um, so that, you know, anybody can go out there and do anything with, you know, you name it, any kind of the old like grim fairy tales characters, as long as you don't um, like Cinderella, for example, mm-hmm. as long as your Cinderella doesn't look like Disney Cinderella, you're cool. Disney owns the copyright and trademark on that specific look. Oh, Same thing, OK. Because yeah. a lot of folks know me from working on uh, the Do You Pooh comics. Our Pooh doesn't look like Disney's Winnie the Pooh other than slightly styled after him. But uh, the, <laughs> I thought we were talking about two different types of Pooh there for a second. I was like, hold up, what? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the original Winnie the Pooh um, is now public domain. And Disney's Winnie the Pooh is not. And as long mm-hmm. as you don't draw a bear in a red shirt, you're good. You can run away and do whatever you want with Winnie the Pooh. As long as it doesn't look like that, that specific version. Yeah. Uh, did you hear we're getting like a horror take on Winnie the Pooh? Yes. As yeah. soon as that news hit the internet, I got sent all sorts of stuff as well as, as the creator of Do You Pooh, Ron Michaels, <laughs> who we've been working on this thing for like the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, something like that. Uh, we both got bombarded with, hey, did you see this? Did you see this? And whatnot. And uh, he actually uh, met somebody from it uh, a couple of cons ago. And took a nice selfie with somebody in the uh the, the poo mask that's cool yeah that's yeah cool. so uh can you give us maybe a little bit about that too uh you know the do you poo like what what that's about and you know your roles in that uh so on that i i colored some of the interiors but i've been coloring the covers for it for like i said somewhere between the last seven to nine years we've been working on it um it is a mashup of classic winnie the pooh characters uh and meeting any kind of comic book character you can think of so because it's it's a parody book so we parody the idea of uh winnie the pooh as deadpool essentially that's what's inside the book and it's kind of his origin story um but through uh the whole parody thing legally you can't do another issue and go do you poo issue two so what we do is uh marat or i or there's a couple other artists that they kind of like on the approved list we uh we get hired out to do a variant cover nine times out of ten is an homage to a classic comic book cover and um retailers will pick them up to have them in their store or at conventions or online stores what have you um and we do tons and tons of them every year (laughs) like sometimes we do like a dozen or more per month that we put out um so it's all the same interior story, but the covers are always different. And 
uh last year we actually did kind of a i'll say follow-up to it we couldn't exactly do a sequel but we did all out poo and it's kind of a play on crisis <laughs> on infinite earth and so it's it's poo going and hunting down every other version of himself so you know all the all the comic book movies right now are all dealing with the multiverse our our little uh romp through the uh do you poo verse um <laughs> is, is kind of this multiversal thing so it's poo killing you know batman pool uh spawn poo uh thanos poo you you, you name it we i, I love the all out poo the, the the play on words is, is phenomenal it's that's awesome so oh. I, i'm i'm curious though you said you could you could do this but you can't do an issue too what's the reasoning behind that uh you'd have to find somebody that actually knows law <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i just it, know it's, it's, a, it's a no-no and that's good enough for me i get it yeah yeah that's that's what his lawyer said so we stick to that <laughs> hey no that works that works so uh, diving back into uh, Scarlet Huntress, you know, what type of experiences did you have coming into this? And I mean, you're, you're already, I think, uh, seven issues, uh, including the shorts, uh, but five uh, uh, in, in order. So, I mean, uh, did you learn like anything along the way, like while you were working together on, on these issues? You know, this has been something uh, that's been in the works for a couple years now, right? Yes, yes. Uh, almost 18 years, 19 years, something like that. Um yeah, so we've learned all sorts of stuff. <laughs> um, and, and I cracked that joke because uh, our I issue one, we did, like I said, it was like it came out and it, well, it was supposed to come out in 2005. We didn't print it until 2006. And then the two short stories were like 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. And almost all the, I, I went to school, I got my, my BFA from Bowling Green, but I, to, to my knowledge, they still don't offer anything in the way of like comic book stuff. Mm -hmm. So any comic book stuff I taught myself, um, and, and learned as best I could, um, from being from small town in Ohio. And, you know, I ventured out to a handful of conventions between like my senior year in high school to, um, you know, my, through my college career, maybe went through about four or five conventions, where I did portfolio reviews and stuff. And, and that was kind of like my dipping my toe in the water and kind of getting a idea how some of this stuff worked but there's only so much you can learn from that aspect so this was definitely a crash course on learn on you know how do i put the book together how do we you know get it ready for print how do we print and that stuff has changed along the, the line or it's changed over the years as like some, how some of the process works as far as like the printing and stuff but it was it was always a learning curve trying to figure that out trying to figure out how to properly letter uh you know all this mess because we were doing it all on our own um but for me like i learned a lot of different stuff when it comes to creating the art for the comic because you know outside of the just general improving with doing stuff with practice learned a lot better ways to tell a story um learned um how to get the the pages formatted much better to make sure everything uh works as far as you know not stuff not getting cut off when going mm -hmm. to print the, the the pages that you know you draw on with the blue lines kind of give you a rough guide but sometimes you need to uh you know nudge stuff here or there to make things fit so i've i learned that from back when we first started and kind of not having a full understanding of some of that stuff and now looking back and going oh yeah i so could have <laughs> done this better to where you know that word balloon is not covering something important um some of that stuff is just kind of you, you you do it on the you know on the fly you're learning it while you're doing it and um 
So there's tons of stuff like that that I've uh, progressively learned over the years um, when it comes to, you know, doing the art aspect of it. Like I said, tons of stuff when it comes to printing, like doing the whole self-publishing thing. Um, we did the first two issues between, uh, like I said, it was like oh, 2006 to, I think we did the second issue in 2009. Um, and in, in the midst of doing all that, you know, there wasn't crowdfunding. We didn't have that, that source of raising funds to make this thing happen. Um, so we were always kind of, you know, figuring out how can we, how can we do this? How can we afford to do it? Cause uh, printing's never, never cheap. Yeah. Um, so when I, I want to say like 2011 rolled around, maybe, uh, 2012, somewhere in that ballpark, um, we had found out about Kickstarter and crowdfunding and things like that. Uh, through some friends of ours that were funding a independent movie and i saw that they were doing some comic books on there and i'm like i don't why don't we give this a try like, yeah yeah doing this and it's like let's let's give it a shot well we did it and again it was you know learning curve it's like okay how do we promote this how do we do this and got every single friend roped into it and this was you know this was still kind of early on and doing the crowdfunding thing and it was also early on and all the social media not throttling all your engagement and all that mm -hmm. mess yeah so we were able to get the word out and get it funded with a much smaller audience than um that we currently have um but we got the book out it took a while to get the book done because the goal was let's raise enough money to basically pay me a salary to do the book essentially it was kind of our our way of looking at it and we did do that to some extent, but right around that same time, I got hooked up with all sorts of various projects that I was working on. So it became a struggle to bounce back and forth between everything. So it took us about a year, year and a half to get the book completed and shipped out. And um, because of all that, you know, shipping prices went up and all these other things. It just became like a comedy of errors. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because okay, you got to yeah. calculate the shipping. Uh, you know, I'm sure when you calculated the first time around, it was a lot different than what it ended on. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so we... I, we probably lost money on that first venture and going into crowdfunding. Um, and then we, you know, we did a second one. It was like, we figured out some stuff, got a little bit better. Then it was like, uh, trying to remember, uh, what our timeline was. So they, we decided to jump over and do the third Kickstarter, which would have been, um, Scarlet Hunters Adventures, which would have been issue four. And We'd already run two Kickstarters. We had some friend, friends that have been running on to been very successful. And so we tried to learn a little bit what everybody was doing and figure out our math a whole lot better, get smarter about how we did everything. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you said, calculating shipping so we weren't losing out on all the crazy costs of that and uh, better, you know, promoting and, you know, just all the stuff that goes into doing all this crowdfunding stuff. We, we try to keep learning something new every time we do it. And, um, we got everything done. We got, so that would have been, I, I think if I'm remembering right, it would have been 2019. We were shooting to try to have the books out by the end of 2019. Well, we had some snags and some delays. And so we got the books uh, February, 2020, um, like just before we went and did C2E2 and just before the world shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so, we uh, we made it to uh, C2E2. That was the uh, last weekend of February. We got all of our Kickstarter packages out to folks that came to the con. We got a handful of them shipped out, and we came back home. And it was 
about two weeks, maybe three weeks from doing that con and coming home that everything shut down. So my wife and I, we spent basically like the first or maybe first two weeks of uh, quarantine in our basement, just packing up Kickstarter rewards. And, um, we found, uh, we found some ways to, uh, get, uh, uh, discounted shipping. Uh, we did a bunch of research into that. There's all sorts of companies out there that offer it. We signed up for one. We, we already had a scale here at home. So we just went to town, we did everything. And we learned that we can schedule a pickup from our mail delivery person and they'll just come get everything. So, you know, I bet um, like 95% of people have no idea about that. Cause I talk to so many people and they tell me how they pack up the mail in their cars and they make multiple trips. Like, yep. like that is, that is awesome to, to, to hear that you could do that. <laughs> yep. If you go to the, go to the USPS.com, there's a little button that says schedule a pickup. And if you do it during your regular mail delivery, it's free. And that has been beautiful. <laughs> uh, our our uh, mail delivery person, she is fantastic. Um, she helped us get all these packages out, even brought boxes for us to load these things in. Uh, Cause that, uh, that the Scarlet Hunters Adventures Kickstarter, I think was like 300 and some packages we had. Oh, now. wow. That is, that we, is insane. You guys packaged that all by yourselves too? Yep. Yep. <sighs> we laid all the books out. We signed them. We packed them up. We, you know, weighed them, put the shipping on it, blah, blah, blah. Everything got out. So like I said, that was like our first week or two of quarantine was just packing all these things up and getting them out in the mail. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, because we had found all that stuff out. I was like, okay, this makes life a lot easier. We're not making all these trips to the post office and we're not going crazy on the postage and blah, blah, blah. So then we decided, uh, let's see, was it, I guess it was 2020. We rolled right into doing the field guide, um, which is it's Scarlet's personal journal. It's everything she comes across as far as different creatures, monsters, um, just all sorts of stuff. Like you name it. We did like Jersey devil, Mothman, Flatwoods monster, uh, Lake Erie monster, you know, the list goes on. We did, <laughs> I want to say like 15, 16 different cryptids and each one's got a page to some of them have like four or five pages of story of her interaction with coming across that creature or coming across somebody that Ooh. ran into that creature. So and this isn't going to be just werewolves. There's going to be other creatures that we can see. Yes. Yes. So the cryptids books, I'll, I'll try to pull this up and give you an idea like what some of the stuff looks like. Um, so like, uh, here's the Yeti page. So it's, it's like, um, mm -hmm her interpretation of what she saw and we brought in um like 16 of our friends and fellow creators to do artwork and write stories and all this kind of stuff so you know there's stuff that's basically supposed to be scarlet wrote in her journal and drew these pictures and or you know eyewitness accounts so if we brought in a, a friend of ours to do a, a piece um I'll, I'll throw my buddy rodney under the bus so when rodney fike drew a piece you know it's like Okay, this one is, you know, eyewitness Rodney Fike saw, you know, this monster. Yeah, and, yeah, no, that's really it's cool. All laid, it's all laid out like it's her personal journal as she's, you know, slapping photos in there and taping them in and all this kind of stuff. So everything's laid out in that kind of perspective of, you know, you're seeing exactly what she sees, exactly what she's written and all this kind of stuff. And we just had a ton of fun putting it together. Uh, to do the Kickstarter because we did an earlier version in, I want to say 2010 or 2011, and we hadn't really quite gotten into doing the crowdfunding stuff. So when we did it the first time around, it was only like 30 some pages. It was black and white. And it was like, we need to overhaul this thing, do it right, do it the way we wanted. 
So when we did this thing, it grew, I think it's 84 pages. Like I said, we got like 16 or 17 different creator friends to work on it. Um, and we went all out on the printing. The, the covers got <laughs> soft touch on it. Um, we made it look like it's an old leather bound like journal. Oh, that's um, awesome. And, and we just, we wanted it to be the thing we wanted from the get go and to get everybody, you know, that's picking it up to go, Ooh, wow, this is nice. This is, you know, you're getting something that's quality, not just here's a book we threw together. So do you have any plans on like branching that out? Like having, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm kind of spoiling some, uh, some of the later parts of this, but like, you know, I, I, I remember there being uh hints of there being more after issue five. Like, are we going to see any of this, uh, this journal, like come into play uh, in future issues? That's kind of my goal. Um, we, we've kind of, in the last issue in issue five, this wraps up the story arc we've been working on since 2006, basically. Um, we give you a couple of little, little grains, uh, you know, to follow, to go into the next story arc. That'll be, you know, volume two. Um, and yes, the, the plan is we're going to mix a little bit more of these other creatures in there. Cause what I, I've kind of envisioned in my head is like, once we get past the first story arc and we've, we've you know got the character coming into her own you know right now we're kind of on that you know hero's journey she's you know starting out finding out who she is blah blah, mm -hmm. blah gets to this point and then from there on like i, I kind of almost in my head picture like scooby-doo or supernatural where it's like creature of the week um as well as the 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 usual hunt of like here's the overall big bad but here's these little things we're going to come across yeah and that's that's why the, the uh field guide started because it's like there's no way I can ever, you know, spend enough time just doing all these other stories we've got floating around <laughs> in our heads. Let's put some of these out there and we don't have to get as involved because it'll be, you know, it's writing instead of me having to draw out every single thing that happens. Um, so, yeah, I want I want her to, you know, have some more encounters with, like, say, the Mothman or, you know, Bigfoot, uh, you know, all these other crazy creatures. And, and since we've done this, we have so many folks come up to us at conventions and go, well, do you have such and such monster in there? Well, I've never heard of that one. Now I got to go, you know, I'm, yeah, we've been starting a list. It's like, now we got to go find this one, do some research. And everything is, is like loosely based on all the different urban legends. And we, a lot of it, we stuck in Ohio and tried to stay close. Like got the Ohio grass man, um, Bessie, the Lake Erie monster, um, the Loveland frog man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, you know, we'll branch out and do some other stuff. And we did in this one, like we've got chupacabras from like, you know, New Mexico area, things like that. Um, but yeah, we just want to keep diving into all these fun, crazy things. It's just, I don't know, for me, it's just stuff I've always gotten into. I love watching like, you know, the history channel specials on, you know, like Bigfoot or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, any of that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's just a way to have fun and play in that sandbox. So what's uh, the creative process look like between you two, you know, when you're getting ready to like draw up a book or draw up a panel, even like, you know, how does that, that process work between you two? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so usually prior, pretty much prior to this book, I might like jot down a few notes and go, Ooh, we should, you know, throw this in a story. Uh, and Steph will, uh, write it, but she usually writes it by thumbnailing stuff and, and telling the story visually first. And then we'll go back in and kind of turn it into a script this time around because we were coming to the end of the story arc and i had a bunch of ideas floating around in my head i literally spent like since we did the adventures book kind of spent like the last year year and a half or whatever just jotting down a ton of notes in my sketchbook 
and come up with ideas of like stuff I wanted to see and did like a very loose outline mm-hmm. and by loose I mean there's like 10 random pages in my sketchbook that um, a crazy person still couldn't you know put together as to what I had going through my head um, but I, I just I had all these notes together and uh, Steph and I had to make a trip uh, to a con I can't remember where we were headed but basically we were in a car for a couple hours and it's like all right i'm gonna tell you all the ideas i've got <laughs> now that you can't leave you're gonna exactly. sit <laughs> exactly and so we did so we went through the, the car ride and you know I, I kept making notes it was like okay let's change this or this needs to go at this point in the story that kind of thing and then um so we got all that stuff down so i took all those pages out of the notebook and then last summer we did a um we did a couple of conventions here and there uh, through summer um, throughout the uh, the whole pandy thing going on, and uh, we as some of that stuff wrapped up, we had about two weeks where my studio was shut down um, because we actually redid our floors and a whole bunch of other stuff in the house. So it was basically about two weeks where we had to like get kicked out kicked out of our own house <laughs> to uh, you know. We went and stayed at uh, my mother-in-law's and Steph took all, all my notes and started converting them into a story and, you know, then fleshed everything out, added all the stuff that actually makes it cohesive, makes it into a full story. And so we could wrap it up and, you know, get this story arc where we Mm -hmm. wanted it. And she did all that. um, And then kind of a oddball thing. It, it came to another car ride. So, uh, March was my uh, 40th birthday and she surprised me. I've been for, for like the longest time ever been wanting to go to uh, Sweetwater, which is a music store in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's like the biggest. That's where I got store. my microphone from. What a small right. world. What is this? Yeah. What a small world. This is so crazy. <laughs> so I don't know if you've actually been there in person, but it's like the biggest music store in the United States and maybe the world. There's kind of some arguments whether or not it is, but uh, she had it all set up. Got to make a trip there for my birthday to go get my dream guitar, basically. Dude, what and is it? You got it? I, I, I got it. So it was, we had another nice little, like, couple hour car ride. So I started on that car ride, thumbnailing the entire story <laughs> based on the script she had come up with. Uh, and I finished it up. Um, and then we kind of went over it, polished it. Uh, a couple weeks back, we were at a, uh, a Colossal Con, which is in Sandusky, Ohio, at Kalahari. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we wrapped everything up there and made kind of finalized our plans to get this Kickstarter rolling. And uh, we uh, we sat down and we spent a couple of nights sitting on the couch going, okay, we need this package, that package, this package, and been figuring out all the crazy stretch goals we want to do. And um, yeah, we, we dove in and, and launched this thing. So I'm like plugging away at numerous projects that are all on the uh, the literal draw literal drawing board right now and uh (laughs) wrapping that up wrapping up other stuff and uh just you know trying to trying to keep up with all of it of you know making sure everybody uh is aware of what we're doing with this book and um you know just uh having a lot of fun just seeing where this thing is currently Mm -hmm. and hoping what we can do in the next uh about three weeks i think is what we've got left Oh, absolutely. So, what uh, what what guitar did you end up getting? Don't you can't leave us hanging. <clears throat> so, I, I've been a Van Halen nut since I was like 16 years old. Um, so, 
she had it all set up. I got to try out two different guitars that were kind of on my, you know, want list. And uh, I went with the uh, the uh, EVH Frankenstein. Ooh. So it's, it's a replica of his original black, white, and red striped guitar. And uh, I've been a little bit too busy to get to play much, but kind of hoping I can uh, squeeze in some time here and there between finishing this thing up. Not bad. What type of pickups? Uh, were replica what he played with or? Yeah, it's it's a it's a full on um, uh, replica of his old uh, homemade uh, Frankenstein guitar, um, and it's it's the uh, they call it the Stripe series. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's not the the really fancy handmade uh, replica. This is kind of the uh, what am I trying to say? The the production model, like you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 all decked out to look exactly like that. Uh, it's loaded with all of the uh, the EVH branded everything on okay. it. Okay. Um, so, you know what did he use? Did he he use like a it looked like a leash uh, from the pictures I seen the way it clipped at the bottom. Yes. Yeah. So back in back in the day when he first started playing and was like an, anybody, I think how you start out, you're you're broke, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and uh, he he had a guitar strap that uh, you know he like if you've ever seen him play he danced around ran all over the stage so instead of you know having strap locks uh like one of his earlier guitar straps i'm familiar with it ended with a little bit of chain on it and yeah it had the uh, little clash thing like you said it looks like a dog leash yeah Um, yeah. (laughs) and he's always stuck with that and so his his branded straps are actually built you can attach those and attach it like you, you got to swap out the, the traditional little strap buttons that are mm-hmm. on the guitar for uh, like screw eyes. I can't think of what you call them, the, the eye bolts or whatever, and hook in there. But yeah, it's 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 made to, you know, do that exact thing. That is so cool. Yeah, that is awesome. And, you know, for me, I, I would say uh, the, getting the production line is just as good. You're looking to spend thousands and thousands and thousands more to get like the real thing like I remember when I was really big into playing on electrics, I always wanted to get a Dimebag Daryl one and you could oh, yeah, get yeah. you could get one for six, seven hundred bucks, or you could get the the like the legit ones for like four thousand, five thousand. It's like, okay, well, I'm broke. Like what am I gonna what do I wanna go with, you know? Yeah, yeah. And 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 there's there's were a little bit more astronomical. The one that was built, um Chip Ellis, who was the guy at uh Fender and EVH, who built them by hand. They uh, they had a price tag of like thirty five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an easy call. That was an easy yeah, call. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Speaking of easy calls, though, let's make an easy one right here and uh, let's segue to check out this uh, Kickstarter for issue five. So but we are looking at Scarlet Huntress Reckoning. The fifth issue brings Scarlet's revenge story to a climatic end in Reckoning, but opens the door to more journeys and trials ahead. You had a original starting goal of one thousand dollars. You are at seven thousand one hundred and thirty five congratulations holy crap man that is that's outstanding that is yeah that is big thank you thank you and i keep trying to tell everybody this but it's 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 due to everybody that's backed it and shared it out uh i it literally is the case where we can't do this without everybody's help Mm -hmm. and uh my buddy and i do we do a live stream on thursday and friday nights where we draw and we talk shop and we bring on some friends to talk about the Kickstarters and such. And it, it truly is the, uh, you know, the, uh, mash that share button as we keep joking around and saying all the time, because w- without everybody, uh, hitting the share and getting the word out, um, you know, we sit in limbo and, and things don't happen. Um, yeah. 
because like, I we mentioned it like early on as we jumped on here the the whole social media thing you know everything gets throttled because you know everybody you know everybody wants their 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 slice of the pie mm-hmm. everybody wants to get paid something and it's like <laughs> well we're trying to do this to raise funds to make this book happen can't really you know shell out a, a fortune to to pay to get the uh, promotions out there so it's literally truly a crowdsourcing thing you know everybody's got to you know jump in you know hit hit the share button tell your friends whatever that's well, that's what gets free right like yes it, exactly. it costs you nothing to do that yeah and that, that's that's our biggest thing that's our our biggest um uh promotion and and as i always say i, I can't thank folks enough for for doing that and helping us get to this point um and, you know we got 27 days left i'm hoping we can keep uh you know keep on going upwards mm-hmm. because we've got a ton of stretch goals and there's some really fun ones that i really want to get to <laughs> um but it's basically you 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 purchase that initial package whatever it happens to be whether it's a single book or um you're buying the package of all the books whatever we're going to to anybody that's getting something physically mailed to them uh, any of the uh the digital stuff unfortunately we can't send all that stuff your way um but anybody that's getting something mailed to them we've got uh six stretch goals unlocked and we just unlocked that six one right before you and I start talking. Yeah, let's go. Congratulations uh, again. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we, we've got some other stuff uh, planned that in the story, Scarlet owns a bar. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with this idea, but because the items are a little bit more pricey, we got to hit like a little bit bigger numbers in order to make it cost effective to get these things for everybody. But um, we're planning on like a koozie, uh, a bottle opener, um a pen uh there was something else that we had that was bar oriented we started trying to come up with bar oriented things that we could put the the logo on and stuff just to have some fun play up the theme and you know just give everybody some cool fun stuff to have to you know i don't know show off do whatever Mm -hmm. so 156 backers in three days you funded in 25 minutes that is insane what do you think uh has led to your success i know you guys have ran this kick, you know, a couple Kickstarters so far, but I mean, not all of this has to be, you know, returning backers. So there was probably something that you guys were doing that kind of, you know, set a blaze to this, right? So we, we just tried to get the word out early. Um, I think almost a month leading into this thing, we were sharing out images of like previews of covers and, Mm -hmm. um, just trying to make sure everybody knew it was happening. Um, and then, so we launched, uh, it was a week ago. We launched last Wednesday, um, Steph and I went live on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, um, and we just kind of had like a little launch party and we had a bunch of friends come in and join us while we were, you know, sit there chatting and showing off stuff. And uh, through that and that we streamed for about an hour and a half, maybe. And so we, and we hit the goal at about 25 minutes. And then by the time we were done streaming that evening, we, we were like just under our first stretch goal. We set the first stretch goal at 2000 and we were at like, I want to say 1600, something like that. Um, so it really, again, it really was a lot of folks helping us share it, get the word mm-hmm. out, you know, tell your friend, tell a buddy, you know, all that kind of mess. Um, and, and a lot of it also, I have been very fortunate to work with some really great individuals in the industry that have helped me kind of, you know, climb that ladder of, you know, all the stuff in the industry so that i can't i can't you know negate that that's also a big part of this is a lot of people have got 
you know, my name recognition with, you know, certain different projects and whatever. Well, um, I mean, you earned that notoriety too, right? Like you, you earned, you worked for that. So, I mean, that, I think that should be acknowledged too, right? Yes. And it, so it's, it's a combination of both those things coming together that, you know, I, I, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's been, we've both been working towards this and, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we've been able to do this as, as, quickly as we have I, mm -hmm. I feel like any of our previous kickstarters we were we were struggling to get anywhere near this 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 early in the game so is this a, a trailer uh yeah it's it's a little preview of some of the stuff we've got going on the covers um a little artwork in progress things like that so we could watch this uh a heads up you won't be able to hear it on your channel and then if you try to talk this will actually bleed into your audio channel um yeah, so just to give you a little heads up but uh, yeah we can go ahead and check that out right now being that you play uh guitar like did you lend any of your your music to the any of those tracks uh not on this one um i actually did on the first kickstarter we did on uh, tales through time uh so my buddy brian borgman who uh actually wrote one of the stories in that he is a musician um and uh, i i basically bugged him and said hey can we you know come <laughs> up with uh, some music for uh doing uh doing the kickstarter as well as um, it was our, I want to say second, third trip to San Diego Comic-Con mm -hmm. and we were in uh, small press and, um, for anybody that's not been to San Diego Comic-Con and been in the small press, small press kind of feels like the afterthought of everything else at Comic-Con and it is what it is. We just kind of decided we're going to just going to roll with it and there's not, well, there's traffic that comes through there, but compared to everything else on the show floor it's like hit or miss and a lot of folks walking through there they're kind of taking a breather from the rest of the show floor mm -hmm. which each their own they're, they're doing their thing so we needed something to really pull people in to come in and check out our stuff so my buddy uh josh warner who uh does a book called uh, adventures of mighty moose 
he was like, well, let's make some like preview trailers. Let's, you know, get people to come in. We'll show off a little video. Uh, so uh, like I said, I got my buddy Brian and I said, hey, can we, you know, do up so, some music, whatever. So I took my gear over to his house one day, <laughs> played like a funky little riff that he turned into something. And we did this little demo reel type video of like showing off all the stuff. And so it bounced back and forth between Adventures of Mighty Moose and Scarlet Huntress that we made, we made like a little DVD uh, to play on a portable DVD player. And then as the iPad started to come out, my buddy got an iPad and he shifted it over to an iPad. So um, it was just a continuous loop that played from, you know, nine o'clock in the morning until the show shut down at like seven o'clock in the evening. And, uh, you know, that would, that would be something to grab people's interest and come over. And the first couple of times we did it, we actually burnt that onto a, like a little DVD and we'd hand it out if they bought books, be like, yeah, here you go. Here's, here's the little oh, trailer. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things where it was like, we were trying to, you know, build the audience and trying to, you know, get people to take notice of us mm -hmm. in that, you know, giant sea of, you know, the mess that is Comic-Con. I love how you guys adapted to the times too. I mean, the portable DVD players because iPads didn't exist and yeah. transitioning that to iPads. Um, I've interviewed a lot of people and a lot of people who go to cons and I don't think I've ever heard of any of them really doing anything of that nature where they have a trailer of what they're doing, like on an iPad playing at their table. I think that's pretty genius. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I can't remember exactly where uh, Josh came up with the idea, but he, you know, that was all him. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm totally on board. Let's figure out how to do it. And, uh, we, we made it happen and, uh, he still does it. Uh, well we have last time we were out at, uh, San Diego was 2019. Um, we're, we're not going back this year. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some stuff set up in the future, mm -hmm. but yeah, he's, uh, our first one was 20, 2010, I think. So we did it for like 10 years straight and he had been doing it the entire time. I since switched over and I was in Artist Alley like the last, I think, four years of doing the show. Um, but yeah, he was uh, still uh, getting people to take notice. And um, he went from like going with a couple of single floppies to last time we were out there, had two two full trades that he was uh, <laughs> trying to uh, work, work in. People. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking right now at uh, news and announcements. So uh we get a, a little bit of a look at over pledging. Can you give us a breakdown of what that is? So if you pledge, uh, I'm just going to throw out and say it because the first book is like 12 bucks. Okay. That's where you get like the first physical package. Um, but if you see something that we don't have on the add-ons, um, and I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm probably starting out the wrong way. So we've got a couple of books that are variant covers that we're doing a limited quantity on. So your ideal situation would be um for example the cover by matt horak uh if you wanted to get his cover uh, i want to say off the top of my head i think it's 25 dollars. but you wanted to add on the other limited cover that uh jacob bear inked so what you do is you'd be like i'm gonna make my pledge of 25 bucks but because this one's limited and we don't have it in the add-ons i'm gonna pledge an additional 25 dollars, and i'm gonna shoot a message over to sean and stephanie and say Hey, I also want the cover. I think it's cover F that Jacob Bear inked. And that way we'll put it in our system. So we know that, Hey, this person is getting two of the exclusive covers. So it's, it's, it's a real specific thing just for a couple of packages because of us doing limited quantities. Um, we couldn't make them an add on or, um, you know, couldn't find an easy way to do it where people could just 
pledge and get both things or whatever. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a, um, uh, like, you know, you go to a place and it's a build your own burger. Yeah. Kind of, kind of that idea. The build your own bundle. So, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So where, where can people find, uh, find that stuff at though? Like, do you have on your website or? Uh, so it is all here in the Kickstarter over on the right hand side where it's got the little picture of me and says five created 97 backed. Um, as you go scroll down that, it lists all the packages. Um, so those are all the rewards that you can Oh, so you would just take to. a pricing from one of the tiers and just add it additionally to the first thing you got. I thought yes, Kickstarter yes. like let you bundle that stuff together though. Uh, you can on some stuff. Like I said, it was very specific because we have a couple of covers that are limited to 25. Oh, okay. And no, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I get it. Yeah. We couldn't make another package without dividing them up really crazy. So that was the easiest workaround for us. Um, and then we also see, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's pretty common thing for people to do over pledging towards specific stuff that's not available as a package. Um, and then down below in the center there, like we've got everything laid out um, with what all the packages The covers are. and stuff. I gotcha. I gotcha. So you got a backer incentive too. Uh, once you hit 200 backers, uh, anyone who uh, did a, a physical, if I'm not mistaken, will get yes. a uh, certificate of uh, authenticity. So uh, you're pretty close. 44 backers away from that. Uh, are you including anyone who like backs like a dollar? Um, I know sometimes people count those too, like the tip jar. Backers. Uh, so so that will count towards the overall total but the they just folks, won't get the certificate yeah they won't get the certificate because they didn't back yeah you know, the physical the, yeah so yeah in in that particular uh coa will only be for the the, the issue five book mm -hmm. there there are other coas that are not branded with scarlet huntress that are available in the add-ons so if you wanted a coa for issue one through four you can add those on Okay, I gotcha. So this is a, a nice little uh, synopsis of uh, what issue five is about uh, and then what the series is about too. And I forgot to ask one of the most important questions, like how do your werewolves turn? Are they already werewolves? Like how do they turn? Like what causes them to change into werewolves? So I went with more of like, um, I, I, I'll call it a little bit more modern transformation where it's not like the old Wolfman movie where it had to be a full moon. Mm -hmm. They kind of have control over it. We haven't dived too deep into like a lot of transformation stuff and what all causes it or, you know, how, how they make it happen. Um, but in, in my own headcanon, it's kind of they get to a point where they can control it kind of like, uh, you know, Hulk can control his transformation. Bruce yeah. Banner can be like, all right, I'm going to turn it to Hulk versus where he was angry. So in the, you know, typical uh werewolf um mythology it's you know it's either a full moon or they've got control over it or something else triggers it i've i've kind of gone in my own route of they can control it for the most part there'll be some mm -hmm. certain instances or certain things happen when it's full moon maybe they are bigger stronger what have you so about the book uh it's going to be oversized at 48 pages of story and amazing full color art by sean himself this is the fifth book in the scarlet huntress series plus two companion books there's going to be a variety of exclusive covers, a new collector's box, and lots of new art. And then here's just a little history of why they chose Kickstarter and the history of Scarlet Huntress as well. For anyone that is interested to take a much more deeper dive, here is the link to it. And if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, we have the link in the uh, description as well. But this is kind of just a timeline breakdown of how everything came out. Um, yeah, th this is a pretty extensive history that you guys have been working on together. 
yeah yeah we've you know we're, we're closing in on that 20 year mark of uh having this character around and working on it and um you know it was definitely time of like okay if we're doing this you know this book i want to make sure we get the story wrapped up mm-hmm. and then, you know we're going to dive into some more stuff um i'm hoping that this thing will do well enough that uh afford us the ability to um you know i'll still be doing the main parts of the art but i'd like to bring in um hopefully some some help with some inks uh things of that nature that way we can do the books a little bit more closer together than like every two three four five years apart yeah i mean well doing it just like you guys that has to be such a large amount of work and then being the artist too like this is this is extremely detailed like it's not like just thrown together like these backgrounds are are very fleshed out and detailed and uh it looks very like intricate yeah and it 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 takes me on average um just doing the pencils per each page it's it's usually about a full day to do the pencils so then it's you know almost full day for inks and then colors are a few hours but yeah it uh it adds up especially when it's 48 page book it's it takes a large amount of time and i mean you can't be doing you know you got to have a life too you can't be dedicating entire days to this too so that's like splicing it up even more i totally get that so right here is a series synopsis as well we kind of got a little bit of a a breakdown during the trailer but once again if you're interested in more in-depth take uh, that link is in uh, the comments uh, as well. And then here are some of the preview pages too. Uh, d- were, were these uh, in the trailers or are these new? Uh, that's uh, actual interior pages, a little preview of some of the thumbnails, some of the pencils that I've finished up so far. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, we, we can go ahead and check this out too if you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this one has audio if I remember right. Hey, not a problem. We, we can uh, go ahead and kind of talk through it as well. Yeah, so uh, again, this is... Uh, some previews of you know where we're at in the process um seeing kind of my my thought process of putting everything together i really like this too kind of how your creative process starts uh from start and then to give everybody an idea of a finished look um these are from uh previous couple of issues that were in full color the first two issues are still black and white again if we get to a point to where we're doing really well with this thing uh if this kickstarter gets successful enough um I, i'd love to go back and kind of remaster the first two issues mm-hmm. get those in full color to do a full trade and then right here are the creators so uh we have the man of the hour himself sean uh co-creator uh and a 20-year professional illustrator as well so uh, do you want to give us maybe a little bit of a uh like a, a synopsis of, of this um so i've worked on anything and everything over the last yeah. you know, basically two decades <laughs> impressive uh, <laughs> Um, I, as we talked about early on, I've done a ton of stuff with Marat Michaels with his company, Counterpoint Comics. Um, Do You Poo, All Out Poo, Naughty and Nice, Hardly Thin. Um, I've colored stuff, I've done cover art, I've done interior art, a um, little bit of every, you know, everything in between on that. Um, I've worked with uh, Upper Deck doing the uh, sketch cards for their various sets for Marvel. Um, I've done variant covers for uh all sorts of indie publishers um i've also done a couple of retailer incentive covers through image uh idw dynamite um i think we did one with boom um i've done license work for marvel um i've done license work with lego uh, lego and scholastics um 
and like I said, just anything and everything in between. Yeah, this is impressive. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Spider-Man too, like, whew. and uh, a toy line. Like, the, the, where haven't you been? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't really got to do anything in anything uh, Hollywood yet. So, and then uh, your wife. Uh, <laughs> Your wife, uh, interesting enough, is a teacher, um, which I think is, is awesome, a, a visual arts teacher, uh, visual arts teacher. Uh, and then um, she does uh, the lettering as well? Yeah, she she letters the book, uh, usually does my flats for the colors, she edits it, um, and basically puts everything together so that we can uh, take everything to print. <laughs> That's so, I, I love just how like in, intertwined you both are within this project. It's, it's awesome. You know, what, what she's not handling, you're handling and vice versa. Exactly. So here are some of the rewards. Are these going to be the same things that are listed on the side right here? Yes. Yes. Okay, so, so this is to give um, anybody like myself who's a visual person. Um, this is uh, the visual to go along with that description that's over on the, uh, the far right. Um, so uh we did um all the different covers that are available um there's uh all the variations there's we've got i think three or four different packages you can get where mm -hmm. you get all the books and the um, variety of the different variant covers that we're putting out so real quick uh some of the variants right here we have covers a through c uh 12 15 and 20 but Cover B was a 72-hour cover, so that's already ended. I think that's that was a really cool concept right there. Thank and then you. right here are some of the limited quantities. So cover D, E, and F, all three priced at 25. Uh, there's only a limited amount of those available. Uh, so these are the ones where you have to go into that uh, um, over pledging um, to, yes. to be able to. Yeah. So if you wanted, like, say, all three of those D, E, and F. You'd pledge for one and then over pledge and then send us a message to say, I want the other one or the other two, you know, whatever, whatever uh, you're deciding to go after. Then for 35 bucks, you can get a uh, cover A and then plus two prints. So uh, are the other two prints like other covers? Uh, they're the two other images there. Um, so the one is the 72 hour cover and the, the other one on the bottom right is the uh, it's a little homage I did to uh, Frank Frazetta's. Uh, it was a, oh geez, I can't remember what it was. It was it was like a, some sort of horror piece. I'm, I'm totally blanking on what I kind of took it <laughs> off of. And then uh, for 100, you can get a metal cover of your choice from any of the covers A, B, D, E, and F. Uh, so what? Uh, why uh, exclude C from that? Um, just to make C a little bit more uh, exclusive, okay. as well as there's not going to be a whole lot of ink that would end up printing because that it's going to be all white to do sketches on mm -hmm. cover C. So didn't really know how well that would work on doing the metal. Without no, that makes sense. That makes through. sense. And then right here we have Scarlet Huntress set of books. So for 50 bucks, you're going to get issues one, two, three, four, the cryptids and reckoning cover a for, uh, you can get the collector's box set of books for 90, which is going to be issues. Uh, all those issues plus reckoning holographic variant, uh, cover E or F. So that'll be these two right here. And then you get a really awesome collector's box. So this box looks really awesome. Yeah, and uh, we've got a detailed picture down towards the bottom of the uh, the uh, thing where you can see it in more in-depth up, you know, detail of what the mm -hmm. uh, boxes look like. No, these are cool. How many uh, comics will they hold? Um, they should hold probably about a dozen books. These are really cool. How's it feel to like be at this point with your your book to have like this type of merchandise? This is really cool. I 
I've been wanting to do this for a while. So it was, it was really cool. We tested it out last year at a couple of cons just to see how well they would work, how well they go over all that kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of, a lot of my friends have been doing like this box thing with like their recent campaigns. And it's like, well, I'm going to dive in and see if these will go <laughs> over well. And, uh, to my amazement, they, they have gone over pretty well so far in the campaign. Folks are seeming to dig that idea. Oh, that is really cool. So we'll scroll back up and kind of finish going through this. Uh, you can get the mystery box set of books for 125. So this is going to get you a special uh, mystery surprise variant for issue four and uh, for five as well, it looks like. And then a limited edition mystery box. Yes. And then for 200, you have the Reckoning special covers box set edition. So this is going to get you cover A, C, D, E, and F with a special cover reckoning uh, box as well. Um, and then the limited Scarlet Blood Red cover. So these are awesome. These are really cool. Uh, these are the Virgin Red Metal. Um, and then so you get any of these covers or all these covers? You get one of those covers. So they're one of one. So as you can see, the cover D is already sold. Somebody mm -hmm. already claimed that one. So you got your choice of the other five different covers. So if you back that package, you, you message us and say, for example, I want cover A as the uh, blood red cover. So then we mark cover A as sold and it's one of one. There's only gonna be one printed. You're the only person that's gonna own it. And it's gonna be on the uh, the metal, um, I think it's a sheet of aluminum basically that they print the cover on. That's awesome. So then we have another really, uh, see th these are also once in a lifetime one-on-one -on -one variants too. So the art menu too. Um, so this you can get uh, Scarlet or Werewolf sketches done by Sean. Uh, Sean, Steph, uh, Rodney, Nate, or Jamie, random choice. Um, and so these are different sketches. Uh, you have the only 20 available for 200 right here or only five available th for 300 right here. And then some of the original art as well for 500 each. Are these from uh, the covers uh, yes. then the original cover designs? Yes. So, uh, so as they're labeled, A, A, B, C, D, E, and F are all up there. The Frazetta homage, and then uh, the new printings of one through four. So, as far as I know, all the uh, original art pieces are still available. No, nothing's been claimed yet. And then the retailer menu too. So you can get five copies of uh, Scarlet Hunters issue five for sixty. You can get five copies of each book plus three limited variant covers for one hundred and fifty. 50 copies of the JSC homage cover with your logo on uh, Scarlet's t-shirt. I, I love that too, the, the custom. Yeah, that is really cool for 500. And then uh, 50 copies of a custom cover with your ad on the back cover for 750. So yeah, I'm plus, loving this retailer menu too. Yeah, plus uh, that 751, they get their own cover design. So I will draw a brand new cover based on what you know, whatever within reason mm -hmm. that they want to do for the cover. And here is a look at some of the add-ons we can expect. So you can get uh, issues, uh, single issue copies, uh, swag, and more. So just a look at kind of what you can add on from here. I love this little swag bag of goodies too. Can you tell us a little bit what, what's in this bag? Um, so there's stickers, uh, buttons, bookmark, coaster. Uh, there's charms slash keychains. Uh, guitar pick. Um, <laughs> it almost looks like it's a pick of destiny almost. Yeah, I, I had uh, a lot of fun when we were doing the last campaign. Uh, we needed some various stretch goal things. And so we got a ton of stuff printed up. So this is kind of like a mishmash of the last two mm -hmm. uh, Scarlet related uh, Kickstarters. You can get the, you know, the, 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 the swag bag of goodies, which has all that assortment in it. And 
probably even more than what's pictured at some point. <laughs> no, that is awesome. Then here's a look at some of the stretch goals too. So for 2000, there was a sticker and these are all going to be physical backings too. So if you, if you are a digital backer, you won't be eligible for this. I just right. want to make sure I say that out loud. So uh, in case anyone backs off this show, they don't uh, back off uh, misinformation. So 2000 is one sticker. Uh, 3000 is a window clean. 4000 is a coaster. 5000 is a holographic trading card. 6000 is a temporary tattoo. And then you just unlocked the 7001, which is a holographic sticker. Congratulations again on uh, unlocking that. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, working on the design for what's going to be on that glow in the dark sticker. And then, uh, like I said, once we get into that 9,000 realm, we're going to start playing up the, uh, the bar idea. So we've got more planned past the 11,000. We're just not sure if we're going to get that far, but we, we came up with this fun bar theme and, uh, the pen, the lanyard, uh, like mm -hmm. I said, we've got a bottle opener idea, a koozie, you know, we're not trying to support anything. We just thought it'd be fun to play up that bar. Yeah. Theme. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So right here, uh, we already looked over the box, but uh, just to kind of get a second look at it again, uh, box will come folded with books inside. So that's the, I, I, I love that too, uh, how you'll send the books in the box itself. Yeah, and then that box will be inside of another box, so it stays nice and pristine to get to you. Boxception, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the risk and challenges, of course, uh, you guys can't control any pandemics or any printing, you know, issues out there, you know, anything outside of your, your, your grasp, you, you know, you guys can't really do too much with, and then shipping as well. So yeah, this, uh, is this, uh, the Kickstarter in its entirety? Yes. That, okay. that pretty much, uh, you've, you've come to the end of the Kickstarter. <laughs> we'll go ahead and, uh, we'll back out and start wrapping things up. So let me go ahead and get over back to our main camera. So after going through the Kickstarter, I always love asking this one question, and that is for anyone that's watching and is kind of on the fence about backing uh, your campaign, what would you like to say to them directly to kind of help push them over that barrier? Um, well, the biggest thing, like I said, from, from the get-go doing this is, you know, it, it's literally a, we can't do this without your help thing. Obviously we funded, I understand that, and some folks might be like, well, why do you need extra? Um, and right now, as you just ran through, it should be fresh in everybody's mind. We've got all those stretch goals. That's all the extra little added goodies that we're going to throw in with the, you know, the purchase of a book or a set of books or what have you, um, just to make the, uh, the experience that much more fun. Basically, you, you know, you've come to Kickstarter, you back a book and it's a little bit of a different vibe than if you were to come see me at a convention. If you come see me at a convention and you buy the book, you're not going to get all that added fun stuff. You'll get a signature like we're going to do on all these books. We're going to offer up signatures from Steph and I, and um, you get that and you get to see us, blah, blah, blah. But uh, this is where we get to have fun. And, you know, like yeah. I said, we've got this fun bar idea. But right now, you know, we've unlocked six stretch goals. You get, you know, the, the couple of stickers, the temporary tattoo, the trading card. You get all that fun stuff. And I guess, you know, if you want to get, uh, I'll say mushy about it, it's like you get that fun experience of, hey, you helped us make this thing possible. Yeah, and, yeah. And it, it, it really does work this way because that's the way Kickstarter has it set up is if uh, you, for example, you go and back our project, uh, any of your your mutual friends or whatever that are on Kickstarter, um, they're going to get an email saying Cody backed, you know, Scarlet Hunter's Reckoning. So any of your friends could see that email and be like, oh, hey, you know what? I want to go back that. Yeah. Or so, let me at least check it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So 
and and if you know maybe i haven't convinced you to go back it the next best thing i can try to convince you to do is you know give it a share on social media share it out on on twitter or facebook you know uh instagram whatever it is that you're on you want to you know tell your friends about it if you think this is a fun project but maybe not for you or you know i know things are tight right now with the way everything's going you know if you want to you want to give us a little bit of help just you know hit the share button tell everybody what we've got going on um and you know and then once you get all this stuff in hand uh whether you're getting physical or digital copies of stuff you know we hope you read it enjoy it have some fun get mm-hmm. you know some sort of entertainment value out of this that uh you know it sounds cheesy but maybe brightens up your day or what you know whatever the case is um it's just you know we're we're kind of creating it for the love of everything that we've developed and wanting to tell this story and you know we're hoping that other like-minded folks will go check that out and enjoy the story too and then hopefully want to come back and see what we've got planned for volume two no i and you know a big part for me too is uh you kind of touched base on it though but uh, you're you're a big part, you know, backing a campaign. You're a big part of that book's success. And even though you guys are you're already funded, uh, it's a big part of the success going forward. You know, it's a big part of you fund, you know, us funding you, being able to make, you know, what's happening next. And I think that's a perfect segue for us. You know, what is in in store for you guys? You know, I know uh, you said this was the end of the first act, but this isn't necessarily Scarlet the end of Scarlet's journey. So, like, what can we see from you guys in the future? Um, I, I know we've got an overall kind of story arc planned. Um, and I try, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but you'll see a little glimpse of it in the, the end of issue five of, of what's going on and what we are potentially building to. Um, but I think with volume two, we get to play around in the rest of the, uh, the cryptid sandbox. I, my hope is, and again, you know, we're just starting to get rumblings of what we want to do with this story, but my hope is that like, you know, we'll have an issue where like, there's the the background big threat that's going on, but we'll have, you know, like a story where Scarlet goes and, you know, comes across Mothman or something. We tell a little bit of that story, but you also see in the background, all the, the moving pieces that are coming together for Mm -hmm. what's, uh you know what we're building to like uh, i'll equate it to you know because everybody's you know all over the internet talking about all the mcu stuff it's like you know we're doing our individual little stories we're trying to build to you know end game and infinity war and everything that's um, awesome so yeah I've, I've got a crazy idea that uh steph wants to rein in but i've got this really cool fun thing that i i just i'm for me it's all a lot of easter eggs that i want to tie in but it's like I'm trying to draw from all these things that have influenced all these stories over the years and mix in all the stuff that I think is fun. Cause that's, that's what keeps me interested in drawing the stuff and working on it is trying to have a little bit of fun of, Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if such and such happened? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like I said, I, I'm a big nut for like watching all these things on history channel with like all the different <laughs> cryptids and whatnot. But I'm a big nut for uh, Curse of Oak Island, and one day it hit me like, ooh, I found a way I can fit a little bit of that story into the story we're telling. You know, that is so cool. I'm loving just, like, how diverse, like, this is sounding like it's going to be. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. I To me, it's I, I just want to have fun with it, and I hope anybody that comes in and reads it, looks at it, whatever, they have fun with it, too, in, this, in the same sense that I'm having fun with it. No, absolutely. Well, Sean, I appreciate you 
coming on here breaking down scarlet huntress the ins and the outs uh the beginning and what to expect in the future this was such an awesome chat i i loved like what you guys have done uh with this character and you know just like just she looks like such a badass and i can't wait to dive in and see where her journey takes her uh once again sean thank you for stopping by i really appreciate it man hey cody thank you so much for uh doing this and uh had fun chatting and uh hopefully everybody's enjoying uh my crazy ramblings <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely and anytime i can get someone on from ohio uh i'd love to bowling green is literally like 20 minutes away from me when you mentioned that i was like wow that's like a stone throw away this is so like this is surreal but for everyone watching it is time for us to wrap up it is a beautiful wednesday new comic book day treat yourself to a new comic by going to this kickstarter backing it and getting your hands on issue number five uh real quick when do you guys expect to have uh once you uh the campaign's over like how long of a wait is it until issue five starts getting mailed out uh, we're shooting hopefully by the end of the year. Um, I, I think that's what we put in the Kickstarter campaign is like a, a goal of like maybe December. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try my darndest to stick to that and uh, make it happen. Hey, and you guys heard it. Let's make it happen. Let's hit some of those stretch goals. But most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.